USA News, I'm John Schaefer. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says her state is pulling together after tornadoes left a trail of death and destruction. From a uh, city, a county, a state, and a federal perspective, I would say that everyone is working uh, in total lockstep. Sanders says she has been in contact with President Biden and Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas, who promised full federal support of impacted communities. Shelters have opened in Little Rock following the tornado. It's all about supporting those in their time of need. We offer a shelter here at Calvary Baptist Church that includes uh, somewhere to sleep, opportunity to shower, uh, toiletries, snacks, um, and, and even a meal. John Brimley with the American Red Cross says several shelters have been opened around the city and will remain open as long as they are needed. Arkansas is under a state of emergency after Friday's deadly tornado. I'm Jeremy Scott. Heavy security will be in place for former President Trump. Trump's New York indictment on Tuesday. After flying into New York Monday night and spending the evening at Trump Tower, Trump will head to the courthouse in Manhattan Tuesday to turn himself in. He will not be handcuffed, but will be taken to a 15th floor courtroom to be fingerprinted and processed. The Department of Justice is suing Norfolk Southern Railroad over the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. That lawsuit alleges the railroad violated the Clean Water Act for the pollutants that spilled when the train crashed in February. The lawsuit is seeking injunctive relief, cost recovery, and civil penalties. Pope Francis is back home after being hospitalized for three days, recovering from bronchitis. Francis says he will deliver the Angelus Prayer tomorrow on Palm Sunday from St. Peter's Square. And Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves is off to a fast start thanks to Thursday previews. The film, based on the popular role-playing game, made $5.6 million in North American box offices. This is USA News. Do you have heart failure and often hear... Those stomach issues ruined your birthday. You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist and ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Do you have a story to tell? Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229. The indictment has been profitable for former President Trump's current campaign. Trump has raised over $4 million since he was indicted in Manhattan on Thursday. Following that indictment, Trump's campaign began sending out fundraising emails. Trump also asked for donations on his Truth Social platform, writing, If you are doing well, which was made possible through the great policies of the Trump administration, send your contribution to DonaldJTrump.com. The American consumer has had it. Customer service problems in the U.S. have hit unprecedented levels, and Americans have become increasingly aggressive in their efforts to address those issues. While customer rage was gauged by the survey at a steady 63%, the percentage of people seeking revenge over their poor experience has tripled to 9% from 3% in 2020. I'm Corey Myers. The NCAA Women's Basketball 
Football National Championship matchup is all set for Sunday in Dallas. LSU will take on Iowa for the title after both teams advanced on Friday. LSU beat Virginia Tech 79-72. The other game saw Iowa handing defending national champion South Carolina its first loss of the season, 77-73. And no one correctly picked all six numbers in last night's Mega Millions jackpot drawing, so it will keep growing. Tuesday's prize worth $385 million. I'm John Schaefer, USA News. The Dell Technologies semi-annual sale is on with limited quantity deals on top tech. Save on select PCs powered by the latest 12th gen Intel Core processors like thin and light XPS 13 laptops, Inspiron laptops, and two-in-ones. Plus, get savings on select accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. That's 800-871-3291. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to hour number three of Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Cunin, filling in for Fred Penny. Denise Dirks to the right in her usual position of prominence. Still going with the letter P's here. Uh, position of prominence. Power here and in, prominence. Yeah, power and prominence. Yes, power. Position of power and prominence. There we go. Princess De <laughs> Denise Dirks. <laughs> Denise, how you doing here? I am well. Good. Good, and good. I am perfect. Uh, perfect. Oh, that was a princessy thing to say. <laughs> uh, a powerful word and precisely put, I might add. Uh, Cal? No, no puns intended. No pun. <laughs> Sorry. Is it the court jester that tried to make the king laugh? He was given 10 chances. No pun intended. So uh, how are you doing, Cal? Exceptionally well, thank you. What a great day. <laughs> that my bad joke notwithstanding about puns? No. I, I, yes. It was... Uh, I, you know, pun he, he pontificates. <laughs> well, if you were a football player, he would he would just punt all day. That's yes. what he would do. Yeah. Okay. With the special teams. Okay, never mind. That was bad. <laughs> you know, I would... It's interesting. When uh, I used to teach acting and we'd do improv and do little improv scenes and we'd play these little games. And one of them was, okay, you guys got to do a scene, but you can't use a word that has the letter P in it. 
and uh, and so it's no problem. To, to Wait see, a minute, to see <laughs> actors starting to, and you don't realize how many were. I mean, they could have picked any letter, but now you're so hyper focused on it, that, especially a hard consonant word, right? Yeah, yeah right. But what really get them was they say things like, "Well, phone me." Up, oh, sorry, mm. that's letter P. Mm. <laughs> but uh, look, first two hours of Radio Law Talk, we covered uh, covered the Adnan Saeed uh, appeal and the status of that case, and uh, you know we're moving on here. Going to talk about Murdoch. So, so a few developments in the Murdoch case. The judge in the Murdoch case has granted an interview, didn't get into too many details, but some things he said were kind of interesting. And also an update on the investigation into Murdoch's son, Buster Murdoch. Well, it's not necessarily an investigation into him. It's an investigation into a case that they thought was a hit and run. A lot of people thought Buster was involved in it. We have an update for you on that. Also have another, look, this isn't in any U.S. jurisdiction. <laughs> it's, from an, it's from another jurisdiction, but... A, uh, a person, well, let's just say he's a giver, and he's now, <laughs> he is now being, <laughs> he, he's a giver. He, he helps people experience the gift of life, and wow. now he has a lawsuit filed against him because maybe he gave too much. I, th I think <laughs> this needs a, now right here, stand by, here, this needs the news open, Todd. This well, well now no, we're not going to get into it Radio right Law Talk News. Okay, never mind. Okay. We're not, we're not going to get it. We still got to do case or no case, but that's just oh. a, that's just a, a tease. I thought you were going to talk about Pistorius over in South Africa. Oh, you know, but, no, 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 no. Oh. You know, because, I mean, that was a, obviously out of our jurisdiction, but. Yes, no, this, this one's out of our jurisdiction, but somebody was, uh. Wow. You know, a, look, bu a busy person. He, yeah. He's being sued because of his charitable donations. A hands-on giver, you could say. <laughs> you could, yes. <laughs> well said. <laughs> but we, we still have our case or no case. So, Cal, why don't you go ahead and, and get us started on that? All right, we'll jump into that. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! Back in the early 1960s, before Ford Pintos and Chevy Vegas, if you wanted an economy car, you bought a Ford Falcon or you bought a Rambler. No power anything, six-cylinder, fuel-sipping motor, three on the tree, and cheap. On March 16, 1962, Mrs. Sandra Elmore and her husband bought a 1962 Rambler American station wagon from Mission Rambler. The car had a three on the tree, no power, nothing. Mrs. Elmore had been uh, wanted the car to commute to work, and she drove it about 1,500 miles, took it in to get the service, you know, get the oil engine, uh, engine oil changed and so on because the break-in period. And then the car chassis was lubricated and the filter changed. And as she drove away, she noticed the car had a little shimmy. And then as she was driving down the freeway 65 miles an hour, a loud clunk. The car lost power, sparks showered from beneath the vehicle and a crash. She tried to bring her vehicle under control but couldn't. And remember, this car had fewer than 3,000 miles on it at the time. Mrs. Elmore was injured. She and her husband decided to go see a lawyer after she recovered to see if they could file a suit against Rambler for her injuries and against the dealer for shoddy work. The dealer said the problem was that the car was driven by a woman driver who didn't know how to properly drive a manual transmission, and she had caused the failure. So, Denise, it's on you this time. What do you say, case or no case? So this is the case of the women driver versus the Rambler. Rambler and the Rambler dealer, yes. And the Rambler dealer. Right. So both, the car dealership and the, and the maker of the car. Okay, got it. 
You know what? I mean, in my don't you say anything, Todd. I can't look at him right now. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I wonder why. <clears throat> okay. That's terrible to you know basically say it's a woman's fault. It's 1962. I get it, but still, that's just wrong. So I'm going to say that. Well, part of me knows about how you operate, me? Pal. What do you mean? Well, this would be three of no cases. Yeah. Right. It's so this could before. be three made up of no cases. Yeah. But something tells me that you're so used to doing trying to get away with three that this might be a case. And I don't. <laughs> is it a Ford Rambler or is it a Rambler? No, it's a Rambler. American Motors Rambler American, separate company. Now out of business, by the way. Once run by right, Mitt Romney's father. Suit. Right. Once right? run by Mitt Romney's father, oh, George, George Romney, who ran for governor and president. Remember? I had no idea. Yeah. True story. Okay. All right. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that it's a case. The woman wins, and that's why Rambler goes out of business. Well, it probably didn't help. Uh, they, they are out of business, by the way. But, uh, yes, Todd, what do you think? Remember, they became bought by Jeep. Yeah. And, but, anyway, they disappeared after that. So what do you think about this? Well, she drove it for 1,500 miles. So I, th Correct. I think that if there was going to be an issue with the car, if there's going to be an issue with the car because of the gender of the driver, which I'm going to say right now, I, I think that that is, that is the red herring in the way Cal set this up. It's a case, but when he said that the defense was woman driver didn't know how to drive, that's the one that makes people think, oh, it wouldn't be a case because that would be a stupid defense even in 1962. Well, that doesn't mean that it's not a case. It just means that Cal might have made up the defense, but... Uh, and, and even if they tried to say that, at 1,500 miles, one of two things would have happened. First, either she would have been proven to be somebody that doesn't know how to drive, and you said she drove it to work every day. Yep. And that would have been found out when she took it in to get service. They would have said, good Lord, who's driving this car so terribly? And that didn't happen. They did the routine work. I think her case is stronger against the dealership for forgetting to do something. Like maybe they didn't put oil back in, um, and, and that's what caused her. The, or the transmission fluid. Or, or some problem there. But case, and I think that the car owner wins. Dang it. You, you followed me. I did. Mm. Because, because this is 2003, and the whole idea that women are not competent to do things. What is are 2003? Uh, 2013. 2023. We live in a day and age. 2023, <laughs> where the whole idea that, that, that women are incompetent is out the window. They're highly competent, and so I am absolutely going to follow you because you have good legal acumen, and I want to match points. Oh, it's strategy. Competent unless they're a car thief and can't drive a standard, right? Because this was a standard transmission. And there was a great video posted in Philadelphia. Guys went in, taking a guy's Beamer, get in, and run away because they can't handle the manual transmission. <laughs> oh, <laughs> True story. I learned how to drive on one of those. Yes, me too. Yeah. So, uh, all right, stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk, including the answer to our fascinating alleged case or alleged no case uh, coming up on this station. Hold on. Don't go away. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk 
is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number, call now. 800-254-1639 800-254-1639 Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612-800-220-7612-800-220-7612-800-220-7612. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800 721 4869. 800 721 4869. That's 800 721 4869. Do you have an old car sitting around your house? Maybe you're even paying insurance on it. Well, if you don't need that car anymore, donate it, running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. They will even come and pick it up for free and give you a receipt for a tax donation. Breast cancer screening could save the life of someone you love. And right now, they need your help. They want to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And that's what your old car helps to pay for. So get your phone out and call right now to donate your car to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. Remember, they will come pick it up for free and give you a tax donation receipt. Call right now at 800-245-0473. 
800-245-0473. That's 800-245-0473. 800-245-0473. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. So we had the case of the uh, the case of the Rambler, and the case or no case, woman takes the Rambler in for routine service at fifteen hundred miles, brand new, and then after leaving the dealership, the Rambler breaks down. So the question here is: Did she, did she and her husband sue either the dealership or the or Ford or the Rambler company itself? And if so, who prevailed? It was a no case. I said suit. And that they win. And Denise, I following Denise's lead, said that because mm. that was what Denise said. Cal, do tell. All right. Now back to the solution to the puzzle of case or no case. The problem with the Rambler was when she took it in for service, they did not lubricate the universal joint properly. And so the drive line fell out of the car at 65 miles an hour, Ouch. came up through the car, pushed her off to the side, hit her head, beat her up pretty badly. And so the problem is that American Motors lost and the dealership lost. They say, uh, here's what the court said, and I quote, the cost of injuries resulting from these defective products are borne by the manufacturer that put such products on the market rather than by the injured persons who are powerless to protect themselves. So they got a new car, they got an apology, and Case and the plaintiffs prevailed. And so do you two. Double point Saturday. What I want to know, Cal, is in all of your research, did either the dealership or the American Motors, the, the manufacturing company, raise the, well, it's a woman. Did they raise, or did you just make that up? Well, it was 1962. <laughs> <laughs> I called this the case of the rambling woman driver. Okay, good. No, uh, actually, they, they did bring that up, but, but the judge dismissed that and said she's already demonstrated the ability to drive the car, as you pointed out. Oh, good, good. At good. least from what I read on, I, I just read a couple of news reports and one little court thing. But, but the fact is they both paid. They got a new car. American Motor said, sorry, our bad. Our dealer did not follow our procedures. And you know that's how that goes. Uh, you know, you, you can never under, you can never overestimate or underestimate too much the value of a universal joint. Exactly, I've I've heard that said. Uh, You're all yeah, morons. I've, I've heard that said many times. <laughs> not in you know my, not that I was included in such discussions. You understand? Want to make uh, that clear? Yes, 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 yes. Now back to Radio Law Talk with Tom Denny. So. Uh, if you want to participate in Radio Law Talk, if you want to come in, if you have an opinion, we don't give legal advice, but if you have an opinion about something we're talking about, love to hear your opinion. Uh, go ahead and give us a call. Denise, what's the number they call? It's 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-529-7234. Call us. We want to hear from you. Oh, yeah. And, and look, if, if you have an opinion, you want to share it, but you're hesitant to be on the air, give us a call and tell Cal what it is, and then Cal can go ahead and, and relay what your opinion was. I'll translate for you, no problem. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, Alex Murdoch, 
trial is over. He's been sentenced to, uh, was it consecutive 30 years to life or two consecutive, two consecutive life, life, sentences. life sentences for the death of his wife and his youngest son. And uh, the judge actually gave an interview. The judge in the case gave an interview recently. And there were a couple of things. You, you, you heard about the interview with the judge, right, Denise? I did. I, I thought it was odd, to be c- candid. I mean, it hasn't even been appealed yet, and the trial judge is talking. And I feel like there's something that's not quite right about that. So in the, in the discussion that he had, what, what was it that stuck out to you that was like, uh, hmm, that's an interesting thing for a judge well, to say? For me, it was that he had no doubt that Murdoch, um, loved his wife and his son. I mean, I thought that that was kind of an odd thing for him to say, um, because I, because that basically was uh, Murdaugh's defense. I look, I didn't do it. I loved my son, um, Papa, and I loved my wife, Honey Bear, or whatever it was. And it just was um, kind of an odd thing for him to say. Um, but there was other things he said that were odd, too. He kind of liked the um, attention he got. He got worldwide attention here. And he got a lot of communication from people from all over the world. And he did comment about that. And there was kind of a little joke going around that he is the most famous judge right now, you know, in the United States because of all the worldwide attention on this case. It, you know, it's interesting. I don't think what people understand or maybe appreciate is, look, judges, look, this was a high-profile case, obviously, but when you're a judge in, in a jurisdiction, you hear, look, if there's a case that wants to go to trial and you are, in California we call them Superior Court judges, you're the judge, you're going to hear all types of cases. I remember at the conclusion of the O.J. Simpson trial, Judge Ito, I mean, here he had been sitting for months as the judge in the O.J. Simpson case, right? And, and, and he was asked, so what, what are you going to do now after this one? And, and his, I, I remember his response. He says, well, I think I have a DUI trial assigned to me next week. And, and you, know, you go from a DUI trial or a murder case, the highest profile case in, at that time, arguably, the country's history to doing a DUI case. It's just whatever. And so depending on the case, you will get, if you're a judicial officer, you will get thrust into the, uh, into the limelight. And not just thrust into the limelight. Every decision you make, everything that you do, highly scrutinized. I mean, what is it said? You know, the defendant is on trial during the trial, but essentially the judge is the one on trial during appeal, right? Right, exactly. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was interesting. What did you think that was so interesting well, what, what this judge commented on? So if, if you recall, and I'm sure all of our loyal listeners and everything, if you recall, my biggest concern in this case when the verdict was read was the fact that it was reported that the jury first took a vote and it was nine for conviction, two for acquittal, and one was on the fence. And less than two hours later, I think somebody said we actually reached our decision in about an hour and a half and then spent the other time just, you know, making sure all the paperwork was done and everything like that. But how two people could go from not guilty to guilty in an hour and a half without really reviewing any evidence. I mean, they they looked at the video of the um, dog kennels where Alex Murdoch could be heard in the background, but that really wasn't a linchpin issue since he admitted he was there. So it's not like they watched the video to see, well, was that him? Was he there? Was he not there? He already admitted that he was there. You got 
three weeks, four weeks of trial testimony. Nobody takes notes because the court wouldn't let him take notes. And in less than an hour, at least two people went from not guilty to guilty. That just seemed to me to be personally a miscarriage of justice as far as the duties of the jurors are concerned. You got a duty to go over that. This is a lot of stuff is hanging in the background. You asked me what I thought was odd about what the judge said. The judge said that didn't surprise him at all. Didn't surprise him at all. But when we come back, we'll talk more about this. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, the IRS is cracking down by hiring 87,000 new agents to garnish your paycheck and put liens on homes and businesses. They can even seize your bank account. The IRS calls it enforced compliance, and now they have the manpower to get you. Penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily. So call One Stop Tax Relief Shop and get the IRS off your back. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-501-2533. 800-501-2533. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800-501-2533. 800-501-2533. One Stop Tax Relief Shop. No more mold, no more damage, no more outdated old bathroom, no more slipping and hurting, no more stress. Make your ordinary bathroom extraordinary for only $99 per month. New shower, new door, new tub, new wall, new anti-slip technology. Be stress-free. Call 800-294-8702. BCI Bath & Shower is made in America for the highest quality. Ask about our military and senior discounts. Your dream bathroom in as little as one day. First 50 callers save. USA News Update. At least 11 people are dead after tornadoes ravaged parts of the South and Midwest. The deaths reported after tornadoes touched down in Arkansas, Indiana, and Illinois. Frank Scott Jr. is the mayor of Little Rock. It grazed the heart uh, to see uh, many of our residents who are now uh, been displaced uh, across the city as a result uh, these tornadoes. At least 40 tornadoes were reported from Mississippi to Wisconsin. Heavy security will be in place for former President Trump's New York indictment on Tuesday. After flying into New York Monday night and spending the evening at Trump Tower, Trump will head to the courthouse in Manhattan Tuesday to turn himself in. The Department of Justice is suing Norfolk Southern Railroad over the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The lawsuit alleges the railroad violated the Clean Water Act for the pollutants that spilled when the train crashed. John Schaefer, USA News. Attention small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. 
Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC. Or visit omegataxcredit.com. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-348-0269. 800-348-0269. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Oh, no. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at Radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at Radiolawtalk.com. Dot com. Denise, Denise, Denise. Welcome back to Radio Law Talk, folks. What's going on up in the state of Idaho? You know, it's so funny because I, when I first heard about this, I thought it was really unique. Um, you know, everybody kind of knows that they're having hard times to get the um, injection medication or prescriptions um, to put somebody to death in a very um, caring way. Right. And so and, and some countries won't sell us those drugs at all. Because they are not capital punishment nations, and they just refuse to do it, like Canada. I mean, it's against their moral beliefs, so they don't sell it. So because these drugs or these combination of drugs is not readily available, um, a lot of states that do have capital punishment, um, they can't put the people that are sentenced to death to death. They can't do it. So what is happening now is kind of a movement and the latest state that has signed this into um, uh, law, if you will, is Idaho. And they have reinstated the firing squad for execution purposes. And the part that's so funny about this is I did, had no other idea that any states did this. But there's four other states that have done the same thing. And it's Mississippi, Utah, Oklahoma, and South Carolina. And they have legalized the firing squad. And I just wondered about this. I mean, is it constitutional? Do you think it's going to be constitutional and upheld? I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Look, the idea here, if there's a challenge to the manner in which somebody is put to death, it's they, they use cruel and unusual punishment. Nobody else should be subjected to cruel and un, unusual punishment. Now, some people might look at that and go, uh, how, is, how can taking the life of somebody not be deemed cruel? Right, not not that it's unusual. I, 
have yet to see uh, uh, somebody challenge unusual punishment <laughs> waiting for a judge. Your sentence will be you have to wear a slice of bologna on your head and walk around and juggle in front of the Best Buy store. Well, that's unusual punishment, Judge. So it's got to be cruel and unusual. And, it, look, putting somebody to death, it might seem cruel. The cruelty part of it would be focused on... The, the, manner. Speed, the manner, the yeah. speed with which it is, somebody's put to death. I mean, uh, electric chair, there, there, were, there have been cases where they hit the juice and, you know, it goes on and somebody doesn't die quick. So now you're torturing them to death. And, and that seems to be what they want to avoid is the, look, we understand that somebody's being put to death, but we don't want to be torturous as that happens. And Yeah, much like hanging. Hanging yeah. could be very torturous. Somebody I, could be... Literally minutes. Right. If the neck yeah. isn't broken, it takes a long yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Firing squad, that's pretty, as, as far as the speed is concerned, it seems to be pretty quick. Lights on, lights out. And, uh, but. But the trauma that the firing squad people suffer, that part to me, ha I mean, okay, let's sign up for that job, right? I mean, don't you think that they get traumatized? Isn't that cruel because it's traumatizing the actual executioner? I think it's a volunteer assignment. And, I mean, that's the first thing. They, vo they volunteer for that. So I don't know. If, I mean, and it's not about whether it's cruel to them. It's whether it's cruel to the person who's getting shot in the chair, right? Well, that, that is true. I, I would, I don't know. Do you remember the, uh, oh, what was it? Remember the old movie Roy Horn? Or was it Roy Horn? was with uh, Steve McQueen. Roy Bean? Nah, nah. He was a... Uh, he helped protect people's cattle ranches from rustlers and stuff like that. Oh. And, and at the end, he was, the, the guy was prosecuted and, and they wanted to put him to death, but nobody wanted to pull the... Nobody wanted to pull the uh, handle for the gallows to hang him, and so they had devised something where once he stepped on it, it started sort of a time clock, and then it would just release by itself so that nobody had to pull on him. And I'm thinking, well, I, I could see something like that here where... Nobody has to actually hold the gun. I'm certain that they could come up with a firing mechanism that is all automatic and everything like that. Well, they or, do it in Texas with deer. I don't mean to be flippant, but they do remote hunts in Texas with deer. You can sit there with your joystick and fire the gun via remote. So, yeah. yeah and, and how Doesn't long? that take away the joy of killing? I don't think there's joy in it. I, I just think it's fulfilling a sentence. Cal, we need, Well, I mean hunting. Cal, well, we, yeah, need, probably. We, we need to save that standby, that sound bite. Huh? Does, doesn't it take away the joy of killing? I know. And, don't you and, think? That's, that's what we play every time. That's a keeper. Every time. That he, I, you know, I guess the other question is, how long is it before they really perfect this AI stuff and they just have some synthetic go and, and carry that out? But, um, but look, it's legal in the state of Idaho, and if there are going to be challenges to it, well, uh, we'll see what the Supreme Court has to say about it. But. but I have a question about the drugs, and maybe this is a dumb question, and it will not be my first one as I prove weekly. If we can't get the drugs, but fentanyl is killing people on the streets, why can't we just get enough fentanyl to put a person under and say thanks for playing goodbye? Why can't we do that? We have the drugs stored, coming in in massive quantities. It's not like there's not enough of it around. I don't well, understand the problem. Well, the, the, the thing about fentanyl that's... No, it's, it's a legal pain reliever, but it's illegal to sell it for, on the street. Yeah, yes, right. One, one of the things about... I, I guess the question is how much time, how long it takes. It, it gets back to the, the, the thing about the drugs for, for lethal injection was the speed with which it was supposed to take place. Right. I, and I don't know. Somebody who, goes, who dies as a result of a fentanyl overdose, that, that, that may take 
a lot longer than what has been deemed to be not cruel punishment because of the manner in which it's performed. Yeah, I would say that it would be longer. So. I also read that defendants are being counseled to not drink water for two days prior to their execution so that they can't find a vein, that this is a physical means of forestalling the execute. Did you read? I read that in a, uh, Alabama I, somewhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how much. You know. <laughs> That's been a problem in the last two. They say they couldn't find a vein. Could be. I don't know. I. I, I, I know this. They got to do worry about that in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, right? <laughs> they don't have to worry about that in Idaho. No, they don't have that problem at all. States. So, four uh, other states. It's legal to just shoot them. Yeah. So that's that's what's yeah. going on there. Um, other stories, other things from around the. We talked about Murdaugh a little bit, and I should probably just kick this one out here really quick. You know that they reopened in South Carolina. They reopened the investigation of the 2015 would have been deemed to be a hit and run of the one individual. They reopened that because the uh, highway patrol in South Carolina did not agree with the coroner's report that this was a result of a hit and run. The highway patrol thought that this was a, um, a, a kill and the body was dumped there. And the reason why is because that the only the upper torso was injured, nothing below, and that there were no scrape marks that you would see with hit and run, somebody sliding across pavement, things like that. Um, they're still investigating, but the interesting thing is that at this point, they do not believe that Murdaugh's son, Buster Murdaugh, was involved in it at all. They have two, mm -hmm. other, they have two other suspects that they're looking at. They don't believe that, uh, that uh, Buster was involved in this at all. And, and to the extent people, there was somebody that was saying, oh, you're next. That was yelled out right after the sentencing um, in, in the, his father's case. And as it stands right now, it doesn't look like he's a suspect at all in, in the death of that individual. It certainly is interesting, though, isn't it? How many people turned up dead around the Murdoch family? Yeah. Housekeeper, him, mother, son, who else, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the girl um, in the boat accident. Right, right. I mean, the, the the body count was so high, you'd almost say maybe you should run from press. Oh, that would be if he came from Arkansas. Never mind. So, um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, brother Denise is gonna kill me on that one. Oh man, uh, with the firing squad, probably. Um, <laughs> Can't find a vein. <laughs> I shoot bullets. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of shooting bullets, yes, well, uh, speaking yes, yeah, speaking of shooting bullets, well, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, a man. Is, this is not United States. He is is overseas, but he's being sued <laughs> because the, the the basis of the lawsuit is that he, well, he would like he donated uh, sperm at various sperm banks over in Europe and in the Netherlands and various places, and apparently. His uh, contributions to that endeavor have resulted in over 500 children being born, and he is now being sued for over-donating and leading, increasing the likelihood of incest. And accidental Accidental incest. incest. And, and all I could think when I thought that was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this isn't the United States, but Nick Cannon and various uh, celebrities <laughs> may want to may think twice about their endeavors. So... 
We'll be back for our last segment after this break. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. 500 children, Todd. Didn't he have anything else to do with his time? I mean, goodness. Well, he he had very well, little. obviously, he made use of <laughs> Busy <his> fellow. <laughs> he, he had very little to do with the actual impregnation, which actually is common. So, oh, fair enough. we'll fair see enough. Radio Law Talk continues right after this. Don't go away. Hold on now. Commercials and other announcements on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell on your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick Quack quick, quick, car, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the Quick Quack Confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the Quick Quack Habit. Take your car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like Quick Quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, Quick Quack. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick quack car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Do you want to know the secret to putting extra money back in your pocket? Then switch your car insurance. And now you can make one phone call and shop dozens of insurance companies. Just like buying airline tickets, where it's easy to make one call that has all the best deals. We have great deals with most of the major top-rated insurance companies. We are your superstore for car insurance. We've switched people from their expensive car insurance plans and saved them hundreds of dollars a year. If you think you're paying too much for your car insurance, call now. It's easy to switch, and in five minutes, yes, just five minutes, you'll learn how much money you can save on your car insurance. Save yourself some money this year. Call now for your car insurance. Call e-insurance now for your free car insurance quote. 800-251-0427. 800-251-0427. 800-251-0427. That's 800-251-0427. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376-800-918-1376-800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, 
If you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number, call now. 800-254-1639 800-254-1639 That's 800-254-1639 Boys are weird. This is no fun. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Okay, so over the break, uh, we did a little more research on the uh, donation case of the, the sperm donor, and and apparently the the people that are suing to suing him, asking him to stop the practice are. Some of the women who have become impregnated, right, Denise? Yes. It's so, so there's that, and, and I don't know. It just seems like even if he's, even if there are 500 people out there, and I, and I realize the areas where they used his contribution were maybe close, more closely populated, or I just don't see the real risk that you know two people are going to hook up that turn out to be half siblings and stuff, but. Whatever. Well, because he's he's actually donated in many different countries, um, but he certainly has violated the law in the Netherlands. That, yeah. that seems to be a real. So and it might have in Australia as well. What's the law he violated? From that, um, right? You can only donate 25 times. You can only have 25 children. That's it. And um, so in, you, in your life, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's okay. a law seems, in the Netherlands. Seems like a lot. And the idea is to keep it from inbreeding or incest, accidental incest, that or even giving the children psychological problems because they find out that they have all these half siblings somewhere, right? right? So should every child, therefore, who was fathered by a sperm donor, should they have a DNA test to make sure they don't link back to this guy? <laughs> I mean, how, what are they going to do? Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Before you um, procreate, you should probably have DNA tests. Yeah, check it out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm related to the dentist? No. Yes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was nothing pro about it. It was all amateur creation. That's what it was. Good heavens. The Nobody man. knew what they were doing. Oh. Right. Yes, hey, everybody on this block seems to be related. And, hmm. Well, there's a... Anyway, uh, moving along. So uh, an interesting case came before the U.S. Supreme Court recently, and two justices would have heard the case, but the rest of the justices decide, denied uh, to grant what's called certiori, which means they said, we're not going to hear this case. And, and it actually arises out of a case that we covered a while ago. Remember the case that we covered a long time ago about the dude or the attorney that was suing Chevron? Wasn't it like down in Ecuador or something like that? Yeah, it was in another country. In a, and it secured a judgment, but then when they got back to the United States, he couldn't enforce the judgment, and he was trying to get it enforced, but the uh, the courts here thought that there might have been some sort of fraudulent activity in securing the judgment down there. Right. And the long and short of it is, at one point in time, the attorney was held in contempt by a judge, a federal judge. 
And and the way this works, and it was is, because he did not um, honor a discovery order. Yes, and, and and the way it works is well, the judge holds him in contempt, and then the prosecutor's office ha- has the discretion to decide whether or not they are going to prosecute it. It's similar to you know, a law enforcement agency makes an arrest, and they refer it to the DA's office, and maybe the, most times the DA prosecutes that case, but sometimes the DA says, yeah, you know, you don't got enough here. For whatever reason, we're not going to prosecute it. And it is the DA's call under the separation of powers. What are the three branches of government we have? We have the legislative branch, we have the judicial branch, and we have the executive branch. DAs fall under the executive branch. The decision to, to seek... Uh, prosecution to file charges is an executive branch decision, not a judicial. Ju- judicial branch handles hearing the case and imposing sentence and stuff like that, right? Yeah, enforcement is also a piece of that executive, like police fall underneath that, that. That's right. That's the executive. Well, in this particular case here, the judge held him in contempt, the attorney in contempt. Prosecutor's office said, yeah, yeah we're not going to file. So the judge... <laughs> essentially created this own little prosecutorial office and prosecuted the case against this attorney under the auspices of the judicial branch. And the guy was found guilty of contempt, and the matter was appealed up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, look, we, yeah, we don't want to hear this, but Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh said, we need to hear this one. Because this is something that happens all the time in contempt cases, and it really needs to be worked out. And I understand their argument. The judge did something that is a function of the executive branch. How does the judge do that under the judicial branch? Well, because um, most of the judge's rules are that they they can enforce the decorum in their courtroom. They can keep up the process in their courtroom. They have full control over all of that. So when he deems that person to be in contempt of his orders, then he wants that contempt to be enforced. That's right. I mean, that's just kind of a natural progression. But I see that the bigger issue behind this is the appointment of a special prosecutor. And we're seeing a lot of appointments of a special prosecutor in today's world. And I think that's kind of important. And I do think that it does extend beyond just the judge's contempt power. And it could actually extend further um, to other types of cases where there's special prosecutors appointed. The question is, can that special prosecutor then actually prosecute it? Or do they have to bring it back to the executive um, and have it tried through that mechanism. You know, I'm, I'm looking at issues both ways. For example, I, I get it sounded like Gorsuch and Kavanaugh were saying, oh, the judge did something wrong because the judge was acting as a prosecutor and stuff, shouldn't have done that in the auspices of the ju- judicial branch. But by the same token, why is it that the executive branch should be given the power to not prosecute a contempt, which is a judicial branch function? Right. The judge has the right to hold somebody in contempt of court. What gives the executive branch the essentially the ability to veto that? I agree with and, that. And, it's, it's, and because of all of these issues, I think the court should have maybe heard it to work this specific thing out because you got stuff on both sides. But yeah, There actually is um, a civil case, it's our civil code in California, that says, in essence, the judge can do anything it needs to to enforce its 
the proceedings before it yeah. or to manage the proceedings before it. And it's really very broad in terms of its scope. I, I know. I, this is something that is definitely an issue that's going to recur. It's happening in every jurisdiction. I'm baffled that they didn't take it up. Maybe they thought, uh, you know, we got a full docket, and quite frankly, it happens so often, it's going to come up before us again at some point in time, so we'll deal with it then, right? Absolutely. So um, one of, we, we teased this one, so let's talk about it really quick. L.A. Suspended L.A. councilman was finally found guilty of bribery, conspiracy, and, and corruption in a trial. And the reason this was interesting to me was essentially what he was charged with doing was trying to get a school – I think it was USC, to give his son a teaching position, let him into school to get his degree, and then give him a teaching position in exchange for uh, favors as a city councilman, kind of reminded me of the Varsity Blues scandal. Well, it did. Greasing the skids to get my kids in there, but he was found guilty of that, and he'll be sentenced at a point in time. I thought it was interesting. The defense said, well, you know, he, he proposed to support things that he was already on record supporting before they ever had this agreement. And I thought, that doesn't really help you because I could see the bribery being, but, you know, I could always change my mind if you don't let my kid go to your school. <laughs> so I don't know that that really helped him out much, but he was found guilty of Of that. corruption. Of corruption. Yeah, so because be, he was a councilman, yeah. of course. But, Cal, we are to that point here. Yes, where we get to ruminate on all of the stories we have talked about, Todd and Denise do, and give you their quick take. Todd, yep. have you yours prepared? I, I do. This has to do with the guy who was donating and, and, and the number of women that got impregnated. The lawsuit, I think, should be given a title, and it should be called Sperms of Endearment. Oh, good one. <laughs> Denise, what is your quick take? Uh, firing squads are now legalized. What's next? Are we going to have the big community hanging events? Hmm. Bring them back, huh? Well, you know, I, I, it would make Halloween fun. <laughs> For everybody but one guy. <laughs> I, I, I always kind of thought that uh, when they do that, they, they maybe make a deal with guys on death row with Hollywood. Which is, look, we got a stunt that's really dangerous. We'll tell you what. We'll let you perform this stunt. It's a jump off a building. If you survive... You're exonerated. You're out. I used to think the same thing. Why why not, you know, (laughs) give it a shot? Certain ethical limitations. Oh, probably Cal Buzzkill. (laughs) All right, that's all for us here on Radio Law Talk. Thanks for joining us, folks. And if you missed it, you can catch it on the podcast, which drops around Monday. Go to radiolawtalk.com or any of your podcast providers, and we'll see you next Saturday. Have a good week, folks. been listening to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of radio law talk incorporated you to our new sponsor get the tea get the tea carries all natural non-gmo organic teas and supplements made in the usa 
Get the tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a Capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order.